Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Let me take a look at this Kickstarter campaign. How are we going here? We've got $79,397. It's a lot of money. 928 backers, one week to go on the Mark III mm-hmm. Mechanical Pencil. So, boys, how are you feeling about the campaign since the last time we spoke? We did we we spoke right right after it, it, it was right but after, it had right? funded it had funded yeah 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 it was like twenty four forty hours something yeah. yeah um I mean you know it's it's kind of one of those things where if we get funded we not a lot changes depending on the size of the final goal because we like we know we got to do it and we've kind of met our minimums that we need to get there and so it's like. We're kind of in the same mode. If it like if it raised like a million dollars, then that would be actually like maybe scary. Like it'd be like, uh oh, <laughs> we're in new territory. But if it's in this kind of like normal space, then it's like we're kind of doing the same thing. So, um, you know, I feel like it's you know we've been just kind of like finalizing the things we can finalize, and and uh, feels good. Still feels. I'm glad that we're like in this phase. It kind of always feels fake a little bit until we like have a kickstarter and it's like okay here we go or even if even if we're doing a product that's not on kickstarter it's always kind of like feels fake until we have orders you know and so um we're, i at least for me it's kind of like shifted my like thinking about it like it completely changes the way i think about the product and like what my to-dos are and stuff so i'm in that mode it feels good okay uh dan how do you feel yeah, I feel fine about it. I mean, you always hope that, uh, you know, it can, has the potential to kind of blow up or do really well, but you kind of set your expectations. And so I was kind of hoping that it would maybe do a little better than the Mark II, uh, but it's it was really hard to say. Like, you don't know until you launch it, like, what is the demand for a mechanical pencil going to be versus, you know, a pocket pen or whatever. And so it seems like it's not going to quite reach what the Mark II did, at least on Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. I feel good about finally getting it out the door and now having this third writing instrument that we can you know have in our lineup and do you know limited editions of down the line and all these things like it's nice it just feels nice to be adding another thing to the lineup um but in terms of how it's doing on kickstart it's fine you know i'm thankful that it reached its goal quickly and that it's just been kind of chugging along but uh yeah it's good yeah, this one, I think if, it, if if we would, with this product, would have been making like a directional change with the products we make or like something bigger where we were like taking a, like not a gamble, but just like a step into the unknown product wise, I think it would probably feel like more of a like, uh oh, this didn't really do super well. Like, what does this mean? But that's not what, for us, it's not what exactly what this is. It's like filling out a product line. We're like glad to have it. And it's not like, it would change our plans on doing another pin or something, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. kind of like this. It's not as uh, the size of it is not 
the thing that's important is like the fact that we can like fill out this product line and it like feels good to have the two of them and stuff. If that makes sense, it just like enables it. So that, um, so that, that feels really good. So what do you, how do you feel, Mike? <laughs> I feel happy for you. Uh, as I always do. I love seeing oh, you guys succeed. Um, I, this fits. I, I don't remember if we spoke about this before, um, but as I look at this right now, like this kind of fits with what I would have assumed demand would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would have naturally assumed pens are always, I would say, going to be more successful than mechanical pencils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially more than a pocket pen, because a pocket pen has its own like really fervent audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's I would a, say, like, you know, you guys will probably sell over a thousand of these through Kickstarter. I mean, to me, that seems like a really, really solid result for a product of mm-hmm. this type. Like, yeah. Because I think as well, there is a. You guys probably think about this a lot, like perceived value, right? Like, uh huh. Yeah. What, for sure. How much can an item be charged for just because it is that item, irrespective of anything about it, right? And so, like, yeah, like, do people pay that much money for mechanical pencils, yes. right? Like, does that exist, right? Like, and there's way more. I'm sure the average pin cost sold is like way, way higher than mm-hmm. the average mechanical. And also, just like the be. the experience can be different. Like the actual writing experience can be significantly uh-huh, can different. Be more different. Like yeah, I think about sure. this a lot with like physical sizes of things. Like you can charge more for something that's bigger because yeah. it's bigger. <laughs> and like how yeah. does that you yeah. know, like what is the psychology of that? Like I've been thinking yeah. a lot about that recently. Like and and so I yeah. I imagine that there's there is something going on here with that, um, but I think honestly the to, I would say is a testament to the quality of the existing products in your lineup that people know about mm-hmm. that they They'll would try, pay like, sixty five dollars oh. for a mechanical yeah. pencil. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. I think we wouldn't have started ever with a mechanical pencil, right? Like it's no. like that wouldn't have been the first move, right? And so I think yeah, the fact that it's like the fact that it's leaning on the Mark One in terms of like styling and all this stuff, I think that really lends it a lot of credibility. And honestly, yep. that's like a lot of the reason why we want it around is like it's a nice pairing, it's a nice thing, it's like a set, it feels good, right? So I think that's totally its role and. Um, it is cool that, thank you for saying that. Like, it is cool that we, that we can do that, that we can like make, like we can make a mechanical pencil that's nice. And, and honestly, that's where I think we'll be, we're going to be, that's where we're thinking about moving with some of the products in the future are things that might typically people do not spend a lot of money on. And, but they could be really nice. Like we could make substantial improvements to them to make them nice and be like a treasured object, but typically people don't treasure them. And so I think to to me, that's like where our brand for my mind is kind of like not changing, but like we're kind of moving into the space where we're not a luxury brand where a lot of the value that's inherent in the object is like through scarcity and like luxury marketing and like precious materials but it's like really quality. And yes. so it's like quality and then priced reasonably to achieve that quality. It's mm-hmm. like this very authentic kind of story. And so if we can start making some other items 
that you typically don't pay a lot of money for, like you can buy them for a dollar on Amazon, or you could get a thing that's just like quality and has a story and like feels good and is really considered. Like to me, that's an interesting, and I think that's kind of where we're going. Um, and so this mechanical pencil, I guess, does kind of bore that out a little bit where it's like, hey, you could buy like one of these for 20 cents and a hundred pack on Amazon, <laughs> or yeah. you could get something that's like, you know, feels nice and looks good, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I would say really none of your products exemplify that more than the Glyph, mm. right? Because mm. that is a product that while not expensive, it's like, it's fa- it is fa- fairly priced for what you get with all the features that you get. But yeah. an iPhone holder, I mean... You can you, you trip can, over they those give things them away now. for free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you you guys did a very good job with the most recent one of like how can we make this both really good for people that really care, right? So like yeah. making sure that there's multiple mounting points and also like fair to the customer, which is like we have made this now so you only need to buy one of these. Like you don't yeah. have to buy one every time the phone changes like you know, yep. like mm-hmm. I, I think that the glyph really does a great job, I think, of exemplifying that idea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I and it's interesting moving into the space of like more generalized objects like a pin where it's like, you know, with the glyph, we know we're not gonna be making that for fifty years, right? Likely. But with a pin, it's like you th- theoretically we could like make this for thirty make mark ones for thirty years, right? It's like not there's no reason why it would need to change, right? And so that is kind of a you could, I mean, this is kind of weird to think about in my brain, but like we could be 25 years from now. And if we're continuing to making products that are like good quality products that last a long time, there could be like a secondary market for like, <laughs> like this is a, tw- you know, a 2020 Mark one or whatever, which feels so, so different than where we came from with like apps and Apple accessories and stuff being in this like other space of like, oh, wait, we're making these objects that could last like a really long, like really long time, like forever, basically. So we're not our heads are not at least for me my head is not in that space but it's interesting to think about um i would just say it's it's super funny to me that you're like oh you know i don't know about the glyph we might make these pens for 30 years you've been making the glyph for like half that time (laughs) 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 you've been making glyphs for 12 years don't remind me of the (laughs) right so i don't know about that i think that one's got a good head start and everything else true It's true, it's true, it's true. I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but yeah, I've, have you had, like I know in previous projects, you know, I think with the Mark 1, and I don't know about the Mark 2 so much, but definitely with the Mark 1, there was like people were asking for something the product didn't do, like the clip, oh, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Like a clip, yeah. Have you had anything like that with the Mark 3? Have there been lots of questions <laughs> about a certain thing? Or is this product kind of been more accepted by the people that are interested in it do you think i would say more accepted but uh there's the typical things that we kind of addressed were like there's been some people that want uh different lead sizes Mm -hmm. um so to that point we are probably planning to offer as an add-on like just to make it easy for folks like the uh it comes with the 0.7 mechanism. And so we would have an add on to get like the 0.5 and a little tool to replace them. 
um, just because folks have asked for that. But, you know, some folks ask for 0.9 or 0.3. And so we have to tell them, you know, those don't exist in this size. Like it's just a 0.5, 0.7. But that's pretty much been it in terms of requests or questions. Yeah. Yeah, because this is different to like, well, actually, not really. Like, I, I would assume that with the Mark One, you may have got some. Like, will it fit this refill? Will it fit that refill? Or colors mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. Colors, yeah. 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 Well, there's way more that will this fit that refill with the like way more of that um, on the Mark One. Like, right. you know, because that's such a. It's so weird that there's like kind of a standard for ink refills, but then it's slightly different. So it's like well, this weird also like in between three space. of them, and the naming doesn't make sense. Like. One, yeah, is, called yeah. the par- like, one yeah. is called the Parker size, but Parker. it's not related yeah. to Parker pens. Yeah, like, right. it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, why is this so unclear? But um, Or it's like if you just cut the like half millimeter off of a Parker, it mm-hmm. works in the Mark One. You know, it's just like, it's just like come on. Anyways, uh, so there's less of that for sure. But there's more things like people asking about erasers and stuff, right, Dan? Like, oh, it's like the use of, it's like, you know, where can I find replacements, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, not, cra- not, not as much. Um, which is, uh, which I guess is good, but yeah. And again, I think this is maybe something people are less opinionated on because the market is a different size. Yeah, but well, yeah, they know they can get whatever lead they want too. That's the thing; they can change out the thing that they might really care about. Like, oh, I want mm-hmm. this specific lead. You Provided know, that Schmidt make it though, right? Like Schmidt have to make it in that the mechanism yes but yeah. like you could get a different lead hardness oh. like i want a oh. red hard lead or you know a green yeah. you know just yeah. as long as it's in 0. Yeah. 0.5 or 0. 0.7 and you can you can put yes in the yes. barrel yeah. but yeah exactly. for people that yes, want yes. a 0. 0.2 or a 0. 0.3 like unless schmidt no makes it, there's kind of nothing you can no. do right right exactly no. but, yeah. uh, but i think the hardness i think that's what people care like the feel of it right yes. and the hardness and all that yeah. stuff yeah so i think the fact that that's still open range is pretty cool it's like pretty nice that's why I made. That's why I wanted to do like a lead holder. We considered, and we actually have an awesome design for a lead holder, yeah. um, like a two millimeter lead holder. I would just say, if, re- if, if people are going to say like, "Oh, you should make it," you can put part of the blame on me. I I really encourage <laughs> Tom and Dan to go mechanical pencil before lead holder. And if yeah. you don't know what well, a lead holder is, is, it's like basically you just get a, a, a lead of any size and a thing that will basically like clamp onto it. But I mm-hmm. think that's too fiddly for. A, I a think I, I don't think it's a big enough market, probably. Yeah. But it's like the cool thing about that is the diversity of like what you can write on is so cool. Like yeah. you do wax, you know. But you could do whatever anyways. you want. But my uh, this is you know I bought a lead holder on Kickstarter many years ago called the uh, Pen Show P E N X O like Pen Show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is a really beautiful product. Um, and I was very excited for it to come in and it arrived and I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get like, uh, some nice colored lead and stuff like that. They have like a Mm -hmm. red one on their page. And the problem is it doesn't work like that. Cause if you get colored, uh, pencil lead, it's of a different hardness. It's all soft. And so, and and so it's like really realistically, I don't get what I want out of this because like you can see into it like it's like a nice little design and you can see all the way through. I was like, oh, I'll get like they show it. uh, I've like read on the page. It's like, oh, I want to do that. But then Mm -hmm. it isn't what I wanted. Oh, yeah. I've seen this. This is a great design. Yeah. This is a great design. design. It's a great object. I'm I'm happy that I own it. But this is one of those things where like I wasn't really aware of the trade-offs until I had it. And then really the the best Mm -hmm. part of it for me should be able to see inside. So having a color 
lead inside yeah. would be more appealing. It's cool. But then I yeah. can't write with any of them because they're really yeah. for, for, for coloring sketching. and drawing and sketching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're too mm-hmm. soft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is one of those things yeah. where, like, th- it was this experience for me with, with this product, which was what made me think that it wasn't the right move for you guys right now. Because mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I think a lot of people would get it thinking it would be like a mechanical pencil, but it's not. It's not, yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, we 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 got plenty of things down the pike. It was not a, <laughs> it was not a. We have lots of things, but uh, but anyways, I, I, it is it is nice to have it in the family. Mm-hmm. You also, uh, I think this is something that we spoke about on the members episode this year. Uh, was a pen tray, which is now available uh, mm. at Wide, mm. which is a so for people that bought the previous versions. Or, or own a previous version of the Mark One. It came in the cork tray, which we spoke about on this show before. And you've mm-hmm. moved the packaging away um, to a, like a is it a heat pouch, like a heat shrink pouch? Yeah, yeah, heat sealed or pouch. heat seal, yeah, heat yeah, yeah. Pouch. But now you offer a wooden version of like what would have been one half of the tray, right? Which is mm-hmm. I think is, is mm-hmm. much nicer. Uh, where did the idea for this is that where the idea for this came how, from just providing something to people that would want it how like, did what? we start yeah Damn. no i think that was the impetus was just like we knew we wanted to get rid of the cork packaging for all the reasons we've discussed on previous episodes but we knew people did like it like some amount of people were using like we would see pictures on instagram or whatever of you know, people's Mark ones on their desks with, you know, in the tray. And so it was like, we didn't want to leave people high and dry. If they really like the idea of having a little home for their, um, pen. So we decided to make this as kind of just like a first stab at, uh, you know, a pen tray, just using the form we had already established with the cork tray. Um, but we're definitely interested in, um, playing around in this space if there's other designs we can come up with or i mean many people have already requested like a uh a double version for their mark one and future mark three mm-hmm. um so yeah we're gonna play around for sure i think i would like space. to make a personal request of a really nice pen cup mm-hmm. yeah well, i actually have a do you don't mind that they're all wishy-washy around in there it depends. <laughs> now, you know I'm a fancy pen boy. And yeah. I have some stands, I have multiple stands, where they're uh-huh. individual holes. So little holes. Little pens yeah. in, right? But I do have on my desk a selection of four or five pens that... Yeah, so does Brad, right? Does everyone, does every pen yeah. guy have a wishy-washy thing? Sure, but I, I would mm. like... I, I don't have a pen cup, but I have them kind of like in this little tray thing, but I don't like the tray thing. I would like them in a cup because there are some pens where I don't mind that they're like, they're more of my yeah. daily workhorses, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. have like mm-hmm. a rotary mechanical pencil that will one day be replaced with my Mark three. I have a uh, mm-hmm. Cortex Mark one and I have a, a letter opener and an Apple pencil. Mm-hmm. And I would ideally like to have those in a pen cup, but I have yet to find one that I really like the look of. But mm, I I also have on my desk a material dock, so it would sit quite yeah. nicely with that. Yeah. yeah, here's the here's the here's the here is the adventurous or not adventurous, but just like for us, there's a whole 
obvious world of like desk accessories, right? There's a whole world of like cups and trays and coasters and all this stuff. And it's like, it's a real decision about whether we go down that road. And this like pin holder, like pin tray is like the first step into that. Like, so it's a question. It's definitely, we have definitely had like little brainstormings of like, should we just like flush this whole thing out and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I think, so, it, I think I can see the sense in it. Right. Cause it's like, they are accessories for the products you already make. It's not like mm-hmm. you have just come along and made a pen tray. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but also, but then the, the kind of like logical endpoint of this is like, okay, then you have a coaster and you have little valets and you have little, you know, it's like, if you're going to go there, make a system, right. That works. Yeah. But, but that's a whole thing. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like, I somewhat disagree with the premise that it's kind of like an all or nothing thing. Yeah. Like, I don't we think we have make, to make a system. I, I don't we could make a make pen a cup. Yes. And and not commit ourselves to we're desk accessory people now, you know, like we can do it, take it a product oh. at a time. And there's already a connection, a materiality connection and kind of just like a design language connection. Okay, where- but here's, but there, therein, li- therein lies the trick, to the tricky part to me. So if you just said design a pin cup, like out of, with no prior context, or materials, we might do something completely different. But if we're starting to think in this, well, we have the material dock and this pin tray, mm-hmm, like we need mm-hmm. to be in this palette only. We don't want to mess it mm-hmm. up. Like that, to me, it, you are designing a desk system. You just don't have it admitted to it yet, right? And so mm-hmm. like, and like same with like, do we keep the radiuses the same? Like there's all these things. It's like, do I let the radius and the height of the pin tray that we designed influence the pin cup? Yes or no? Like, mm-hmm. so to me... Knowing, like, if we're gonna do a desk system, I or feel not, like there's a different. A I understand. We, I completely understand where you're coming from. I feel like there is a big difference between we have a design language and we are making a system of product. It's true. T- totally true. Totally true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And but I don't want you so, to make a system of products because, like, yeah, I like. I want to put things on my desk where I want to put them. I don't want to yeah. have to clear a area of my desk just for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You mean like a gather or something where yeah. it's like really like opinionated? Uh-huh. Yeah, but I still. But even but even so, thinking about a pin cup in a product line of desk things versus a pin cup like completely divorced from any product line, like those are two different things. And so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. definitely true that we have this like like we we're working on a product right now that we have made material decisions because we have these other products that exist, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't think about them from the beginning in that way. So it's, it I don't know. It's just interesting constraints. It's like this interesting dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's, it, I mean, we'll just, we're going to find our way through that organically and it's totally fine. It's like not a problem, but it's just interesting th- thinking about it, you know, like what does that do to the constraints and do yeah, we yeah. need things to match? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as always, like self-awareness is key. Like the fact mm-hmm. that you vocal vocalize that is like the first step of like asking ourselves along the way, like, are we being beholden? Are we being too beholden to past, you know, materials yeah. or whatever, or are we letting this be honest in terms of what it needs to be and what it wants to be? And yeah. you just have to like check check yourself every step along the design process yeah which by the way i think we're really i think dan it's like i see us doing that a lot where other people wouldn't i think that's one of our like real strengths is being able to like sit back when we're 
three quarters of the way through a design and really honestly like, is this right? Like, is this the right way? Have we really, do we need to start over? And I, I am glad that we can do that. Like that is, I think it has a lot to do honestly with the fact that we kind of hot potato these things back and forth. Like the fact that I'm often like knee deep in the CAD or sourcing some engineering problem or something, I can give it to you and you're not so close to that stuff. So it's, easier for you to kill the darlings, you know? Like you could be like, you know what? I've been using this and I don't think this works. And I would be harder for me to see that, I think, because it's yeah. like so yeah. wrapped up in whatever problem or whatever. So mm. I think that is partially a testament to that like dynamic, which is cool. Mm. But don't mean to toot our horn so much, but <laughs> but I do see that not happening a lot other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do so have. I don't a, know what we were even talking about. We were talking about pen trays, but I do have a complete separate question I wanted to ask you, which is: but the pen tray is available. It's great. What I like about the pen tray, which I assume would be better than the cork one, what I didn't like about the cork one is it moved around all the time because it was just a piece of oh, cork. Uh-huh. You're like so every time much, I pick yeah. it up or put it down, the cork tray is moving all over the place, right? Because so, it's light, right? So th- yeah. I'm assuming that this, because it's made of wood, is going to be more substantial, and that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, but I had a, just a separate question I wanted to ask you because I'm kind of like uh, so we're making another product with Cortex brand and I'm rounding the end of the process now. It's kind of hilarious to me because uh, I looked something up. We have been in manufacturing for a year mm. on this product, this one product. Okay. Like, and it's yeah. like not just like oh I'm choosing. No, like we started the process with the printer that we're currently using. And we have been making like, like you thought you were done with design, yeah, a year ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought we were done a year ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. Like because yeah, yeah. I found a message I sent to a friend, and I was like, "What do you think of this?" I think we're a couple of months away from shipping. Uh-huh. That was August <laughs> yeah. 2021, right? And so I want what I wanted to ask you to is how you approach the compromise part of a design yeah. when, like, because. I have certain ideas that I want to put into the world and the laws of physics and manufacturing uh-huh. mean that sometimes we have to meet <laughs> yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And I've done this with the theme system journal where, you know, like my original idea, we have to change it a little bit. It's and I, there's like a part of me that's like everyone's gonna gonna be like, oh, why doesn't it work this way? But nobody ever notices these things. And like mm-hmm, I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm, into this mm-hmm. process again, where like we have to make a tweak to the way that I wanted to do it, so the thing will actually physically stay together. Because if we yeah, don't, if we do it like this other way, it's just not to gonna work. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. wonder, like, do you guys often come across this, and do you have like a way of getting through it? Yeah. Well, yeah, of I'm, course. Design is compromise uh, i've yeah. said this before on the show many times like all you're doing as a designer is choosing which compromises you want to happen because there's gonna be some <laughs> so uh i don't know the specifics of the example or what product you're talking about but that is all it is you're doing when you're bringing a product into the world is trying to choose which compromises are going to be there and how to like minimize them or position them in a certain way to where it's uh makes sense with the product but there's it's never your kind of napkin sketch or vision in your head is 
almost never going to be able to be realized exactly as you initially thought because you face the harsh realities, as you yeah. said, of physics and manufacturing and thing like that. So that is all of a piece. That's all part of the process. And I remember, and like Dan's exactly right, the thing that we, I think, used to say was there's really two design rounds where it's like the design round that you went through where you're, you think you know what's reasonable to be made, you made this kind of best situation, like you've designed the thing that is ideal and you think it's going to be able to be made, but maybe you don't know for sure. And then there's a whole nother design round that's like designed for manufacturer. Like once you get the full constraints of like, well, have the manufacturer actually look at this and then they'll be like, actually, they don't make cardboard in that thickness anywhere in the world and you can't make your own cardboard, <laughs> right? It's like that kind of thing where it's like, you thought your cover could be like this, but guess what? It can't. Like literally no way. And so that's a whole You know, we did actually have process. a thing in the reverse to that where it's like, I found a paper <laughs> that I really wanted to use for this product, but they didn't make it in the thickness that I wanted. So uh-huh. we just we had a bunch of sheets glued together to make the thickness. I wanted uh-huh. it thicker, not thinner, which is, yeah. so we just, yeah. yeah, we ended up just taking a bunch of these sheets and the print, uh, like the manu- paper manufacturer just, as, as uh, Tom said, like laminated them together. So you stick to glue them together and make it thicker. But yeah, you're right. You can't make it thinner. Like if sometimes, I want it thinner, yeah, it doesn't Sometimes work you like can that. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can do it, but often you can't, especially in the world of paper and printing. And so like to us, We've always, like, that's the secret of this manufacturing physical products is actually, guess what, guys? There's two design phases. Mm. And, like, often industrial designers don't know about that second one or they're never involved in it. And that's the kind of sad part about these products where <clears throat> the industrial designers come in, they design, they do that part of, like, here's what's ideal, but they don't know enough about how it's made. And so then there's this whole second design process that they may not be involved in. So our thing is we're getting better at knowing what those final actual constraints are yes. or at least knowing how to ask the questions so that we can do that process closer to one time now it's never that way there's always problems that come up but like to us that's the wisdom and the skills that we are really i think good at is having more of a broad picture of like how these things come together so that we can make those design choices early and for us it's like the most or at least for me and i think dan too the most like gratifying design work is when you have done something that fits within the constraints and is like affordable but is also unique and interesting it's like threading that needle of being able to control this world of variables and have something that comes out the other side really great that's easy to make and like consistent to make that is like super satisfying would you agree dan that that's like the best Yeah, yeah it's like the best that feels better than maybe the design that's like fantasy land because it just you now no one's going to notice that right like the customers aren't going to know that we had to change the diameter on the inside of the mark 1 to be this certain thickness because they don't make drill bits long enough to do that right like <laughs> they're never going to know that like they will never know and that and it's not and important it's a to them story to tell either. yeah and it's a boring story to tell but like that stuff really matters it like it, it we could have doubled the price of the metal part that is the body of the mark one if we would have said no it's going to be 7.1 millimeters or whatever right like we could have and they'd be like well we had to make t- custom tooling it's like do it you know but but because we're kind of playing with these variables where it's like efficient we get we get this design result that like 
it is like plays well right with the world um yeah, and there are so times us, though like, the game. Where, where that thing you just mentioned about do it like there are times where you do do that right like there's exactly. like totally. it's like no yeah. this product needs to be this way and like we're just gonna have to work it out but like come hell or high water like i want it done this specific way what do you need what do we need to do to make it happen but most of but the that time, is the headache generator yes. that's yeah the headache generator, yes. and that's the balance and when you have like you know precious designers like us perhaps or i i think of like the steve jobs uh next cube you know wanting it the perfect 90 degree angles you know that that anecdote and it's like well that will cost 10 times as much to manufacture or whatever without having draft angles and he's like do it you know it has to be perfect and that's the when you're one of these highfalutin, you know, designers, it's like, how do you tamp down those instincts to like, I want this to be precious. I want this to be perfect. I want this to have these attributes versus what is actually, you know, cost effective to manufacture, you know, all these other variables. And so that is like the dance you're continually doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's become our expertise. I think like, because we're so connected to both sides of that, um, that's the expertise I think that we have is that we can kind of weave in between that and like, you know, find some cool solutions. So I don't know. I think that that's, I think Mike, you are experiencing like the first couple of rounds of letdown of like, Oh, I had this great idea and yet it's going to be maybe harder or whatever. And so I think we're always like hedging ourselves on these designs. Like, well, if we can do this affordably, it would be awesome. But we're always kind of thinking that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you will get, the cool thing is you'll learn, the more you learn about these processes, then you'll be able to be like, because a lot of times the manufacturer won't tell you. Like we've totally had situations where the manufacturer could have told us like, oh dude, if you just change the diameter of this by like 0.2 millimeters, we can buy this stock off the shelf and it's like way cheaper. But they won't always tell you that. So you have to kind of like slowly gather on this experience, which is like, oh, you know, turns out or, or, or at least know to ask like, hey, if I change these dimensions, would it get way cheaper? You know, like just even asking that question. Yep. Um, yeah, my, so my biggest thing, like the thing, because I've only done stuff in paper, right? And the biggest thing that I've come across, which I'm sure you have too, is just margins, just like margins, mm-hmm, paper mm-hmm. margins. Um, like yeah. how, you know, like if you want to cut something, what well, it can be within a couple of millimeters different from the start of the line to yeah. the end of the line. And yeah. just kind of getting my head around that and accepting it. And it doesn't mean that the book has failed because it's a millimeter different size to it's the It's just like the way it works. One. It's just how it goes. And people don't, I'm the person who notices. Like, mm-hmm. I c- it, it's kind of wild. Like I can pick up a journal and I know if it's, mm-hmm. if it's, smaller than the the one that i expect it to be and it is like a two millimeter difference like yeah but i could just tell right because i just know this product so well that like one arrives and i'm like oh that's there's like there's something that's that's not right and i measure it out and like yep i knew it yeah tom didn't didn't we end up doing something uh with the tote book to uh we like rejiggered the dot grid on every page to like account for oh yeah we did do that yeah Yeah, so it's like mike if if i'm understanding what you're talking about it's like if you were to pick up like a gridded notebook and flip through it and look at the edges you would notice that like 
the the uh, vertical grid lines are like moving the distance oh, no. from the edge. I mean, like, like is that I what you're talking about? Look at the cover of the book, and I know if it's. I could just, just physically, just looking at the closed book, I can tell the that if if it's a different size. But I see. So what I'm talking about is like I know that too. if you yeah. yeah if you like cut if you like are printing and cutting a bunch of paper and then folding it. Yeah. It's like there, there's some variance there. And so we, because uh, the tote book was a dot grid and we wanted that dot grid to be essentially, you know, centered on the page mm-hmm. with equal margins around, like we went the extra step of like having each page be slightly offset in an incrementing fashion. So to account for that hold based oh that fold word. in That's the so signature good. so that they would be more or less like kind of centered, uh, in every page and every yeah, signature. That's, that's in the a signature, galaxy yeah. brain yeah. level. I'm not thinking right <laughs> like we were You'll lucky get there. You'll with, get there. <laughs> with the journal though. We're lucky that just like it has, all, it was just designed as inset. So there's a white yeah. border mm-hmm. that goes around the boxes mm-hmm. on the pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. I I don't see that as much. The only place I see it is like, if I was to flick through, sometimes you might see that there's like the numbers, the page yeah, numbers wobbles. might move up and yeah. down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. But that's that, that's, yeah, a per- that's a that's a perfect example of designing for manufacturing, where it's yeah. like, oh, if we have these margins, generous margins, then we can we have a lot of wiggle room with the yeah. placement of these, you know, assets on the page because uh, you won't be able to visually tell. So that's mm-hmm. like a perfect example of working with the manufacturing rather than fighting against it. And this yeah. is something that, like, because we're using a different manufacturer, that I just didn't know if it was like that the previous manufacturer wasn't being careful enough. Uh-huh. And you don't know. Because and maybe yes, know. both. Yeah. And yeah. I actually and- think at some <laughs> points, yes, both, because we had to reject yeah. some. Um, but, like, what I've come to learn is, like, there is a couple of millimeters that you have to consider and that yeah. you, have to, you have to be happy with it. You have to be okay with it. And there's things you can yeah. do to minimize impact on design and, and, and the way that the product looks and works. But this is part of it and like the thing that was bothering me uh, on this book i looked at like products that were out there in the market that were somewhat similar and they all have this like a similar yeah. thing on them where it's like oh I can, like, now oh. i can see how they designed around it and luckily enough yeah. we designed around it initially with not with not knowing that we would uh, yeah, but it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. I, I know i'm being really I, obtuse right now but like <laughs> I know, that's, it's, but I just think it's it's just really interesting when you're in this like physical product space where <clears throat> literally the the reason that what could have caused that right or a big problem say in one of our products like quality control problem was like the operator of the like mach- cutting machine was having a bad day yeah and they got sloppy or a new person was coming in and getting trained and it's like you we're, you're standing on this pyramid of complexity yep. that like you have zero control or visibility into and so you're like wait why did this dot grid get flipped upside down or why did they like do the pages like we just had made had some we just had some tote books made by this company that's made them like five times and like 10 percent of the books had an extra signature in it <laughs> and they caught it they actually caught they actually caught it and sent it to us but it's just like why did that happen oh probably because someone's kid was sick yeah you know it's like there's no it's like there's no battle to fight there's no you know and so it's like this, it's, it is pretty, it's a trip, like working in these like spaces where you want to be so considered about the design choices you're making. But at the end of the day, you really, 
are not in control, right, of the things. And so it's it's just this trip. It's a really weird thing, but it's fun, but it's pretty crazy. We have we have neglected Dan's Tech Corner. So, Tom, can you warm up the band for us, please? <laughs> well, do we need to pick one first, though? Well, we'll pick it once the song's once the song okay. is played. Yeah. Uh, Dan's Tech Corner. Oh. Oh. Wow. Snapping. It's gone jazzy. <laughs> this makes me think that like Tom, Tom doesn't have it in him to be glam rock today. That's that's what I took to away from this. Uh, okay, so what 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 have we got here? What is there anything specific? Oh, you know what I would like to talk about actually, because we're approaching yeah. it and it won't we won't be able to talk about it much more after that. There is one in here that says iPhone fourteen hole punch design. Ah, hmm. yes. Because a couple more episodes, and we're going to know what the iPhone looks like. So I want to... Oh, true. yeah, that's true. I want to know before it happens. Uh, so there is a rumor, there's pr- pretty significant rumors now, that the iPhone 14 Pro will be ditching the notch and will have mm-hmm. uh, on the front, but it will have two kind of cutouts. One will be a kind of pill-shaped cutout, um, which will house the Face ID sensors, and then there'll be a hole punch cutout that will uh, yep. show off the camera. That's where the camera will live. So the screen so will go weird. around it, so uh, you'll get a little bit more screen at the top for kind of no reason. But mm-hmm. that's 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 kind of what we're looking at. This is one of those designs where it seems so unlikely that Apple would not just make that one pill shape instead of a circle and a pill (laughs) that it's like this seems fake but then what could easily be is they integrate it with the os somehow to where it somehow makes sense or doesn't matter but like seeing it it's just like wait why wouldn't they just make that one pill shape instead of this pill and a dot it doesn't make especially because it's the same diameter anyways Mm -hmm. so that to me is the thing that feels fishy about this like rumored design like maybe the screen is punched out, but it's always black in there or something. Like it just seems weird that they would do that. It's like an extra level of busyness for no reason, right? Mm. Yeah. So my t- my reason I put this in here, my kind of response to this is I had been seeing uh, people responding to this rumor, uh, basically more or less saying why like how is this better than the notch like what is the improvement here or um or this is uglier than the notch or whatever like comments like that and i think the thing that will remain to be seen but what i'm pretty confident about and what i think is really important about this is it's going to make a huge the illusion of a full edge to edge screen will be uh, mm. solidified with this. Like there's yep. a, I, th- I think there's a really big leap with purely your peripheral vision, seeing illuminated pixels at the top edge of the screen. Yes. Like mm-hmm. you're not even mm-hmm. looking up there. It's not even your focus of your attention, but I think that simple difference between this and the notch design is going to go a huge way towards you perceiving you are holding a phone that is truly edge to edge. And so that's why I think they're doing this is I think what all of the like rumors we've seen and all the, 
you know, spy images are just of like pieces of glass or assembled phones that are not turned on. And so they're not mm-hmm. telling the story of how this actually looks when it's illuminated and how you're actually using it. Yeah. And I think that is the trick. Like the illusion is complete once the phone is actually on and you're looking at it and seeing that top edge be illuminated. Well, it's, it's also the next step. It's like the next step that has to happen, yeah. right? Like they need to have the full edge. And I'm realizing now that those diameters are not the same from the pill and the camera lens, at least mm-hmm. it seems. And so mm-hmm. that destroys my little thesis. Like that's why mm-hmm. they didn't put them together if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't, you know, for me, I just kind of looked at this of like, oh, it's the natural evolution. They'll just keep doing it, make it smaller, smaller, smaller. Uh, and yeah. also that there is a thing about like, well, now this iPhone has a quote unquote new design and new designed iPhones always do well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I really love what you said there, Dan, about like the peripheral vision thing, because I don't mm-hmm. see the notch. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I've come mm-hmm. to ignore it. But I, you, you know, now. no one's kind of like, you know, but like if you said to me, oh, do you have an edge to edge screen on your phone? I'd be like, well, no, not really. But this mm-hmm. could I could see that happening, that just having there being pixels at the same color as those that the ones below it would mm-hmm. my brain would just ignore that there's a little cutout uh, in the right. display. Yeah. I could imagine that. There are literally optical illusions where it's like stare at this dot and you, you like the it. thing like disappear like literally disappears yeah. when it's not, mm. you know, in your mm. direct vision. Especially like watching a movie, you know, I think I kind of forget that the movie's getting... If I do the little full screen tap thing where it's actually interacting with the cutout, like, I forget that that cutout is weird, right? And I think... Or not the cutout, but yeah, like the notch right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, with this little dots, I'm sure it will even disappear more, especially if it's just, like, dark in any way, you know, or even gray. It's going to even... So... I don't... To me, it doesn't seem surprising at all. It definitely seems more cool, too. Like, it's it will nice look cool. to have... It will, it will look, look cool. cool. It will look more modern. Yeah. It will definitely look more modern. For yeah. sure. Yeah. More symmetrical. You know, what's crazy is the camera bump. <laughs> I mean, the amount of bump is like, are you guys, what's going on? It's, yeah. So there, yeah, it's there's a rumors, uh, another rumor we can find the link for that, where it's like the, the bump is going to stick out even more. Like they had a rendering of it, um, which is good because, uh, on February 22nd of this year, we all predicted that the camera bump will not be flush, which was a previous rumor. So it's looked like that was, it's moving in the right direction. That was the rumor of someone who had a fever dream. Like, yeah, I exactly. cannot believe that somebody thought that that was going to be the case. Because, like, yeah. it's not only it's going to get bigger now and then next year's iPhone, they're going to put a periscope lens in there in the pro yeah. and like i think in the pro max so it's gonna get even bigger then right like well yeah. and and you if you have a case and there's already going to be a notch in the case for the lenses just even if it was flush it's like the same thing it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't i think this design is so forgivable and such the right move if you know you assume people have a case on their phone you know because it's like oh it doesn't really change it that much it's just these bare phones are going to be yeah, well, I I actually I disagree with that a little bit. I've been uh, kind of in camp. Don't care about camera bumps because I understand the trade off of the physics of having a large camera and how that contributes to image quality. But the iPhone eleven was to me that's like peak modern iPhone because 
it had the triple lens array, but it did not protrude beyond a case with like a just a standard like apple case uh-huh, thickness uh-huh. so yeah. you you had the great camera with the fancy you know three lenses and stuff but you could you still l- yeah. you could lay your lo- uh, phone flat and it didn't yeah. wobble and it didn't feel weird and yeah. ever since they started like being okay with protruding Pushing beyond out. the thickness of the case like it is weird i it, it's super weird and it's it's not enjoyable to set your phone flat on a surface and have it do this like tripod wobble thing. Like it doesn't yeah. feel solid or good. Again, design is compromised and yeah. I would I would choose the image quality over having a phone lay flat, but it is a shame that, you know, this is what we've come to. So the the like <laughs> renders like and like from and from measuring dummy units that come out of the factories, it's expected that the camera bump overall will get five percent larger than the current one but on the pro models we could be looking at a 48 megapixel sensor which i'm yeah. really excited about eight and like 8k right yeah. maybe 8k possibly i mean it it makes sense it's like if you're gonna have this thing be a workhorse like let's make good lenses like it all makes yeah. it's like dan said i think it's the right trade-off it's just like crazy that like all this complexity is like in this little square inch situation it's just like i don't know it's an interesting I would I would love for them to move to a horizontal array that extends the entire the top, top like Google? so that you can set your yeah, is that what Google does? ID, right? yeah. Google so Pixel you can has like a bar now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically anything where you can set the phone and it'll it would be tilted at an angle, but it would be solid because you'd have an entire like edge for it to rest on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder how Apple how gun shy Apple is about that design because yeah. that is Google's like design language. It's like yeah. very Yeah. It would be too tricky to do right now. Like yeah. Yeah. maybe going into the future, like maybe more companies will design their phones like that. But really, at the moment, it is only the Google Pixel that is designed like that. Yeah. Which, hats off to Google, because that is a very elegant way of dealing with that thing. And also, they did it at a time where it allows their product to be immediately distinct. Like, the, it's yeah. the Pixel 6. It's like, Isn't it so wild that all of these phones are... The design, in terms of them being distinct, are basically comes down to this hole in the back of a case that's exposed. <laughs> it's like, literally, that's the entire design language. It's like, nothing else matters. Everything's full screen. Everything's rounded corners. You know, it's like, if you were to draw a cartoon picture or an icon of these phones, it's literally how that one rounded wreck on the back of the bigger rounded wreck is like situated. And that's how you know what kind of phone it is. It's like so, it's such a weird little tiny playground to play in. Have <laughs> you seen this, uh, the, the nothing phone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Which is so, funny because yeah. it's, you know, it's doing interesting things with like the oh, LED illumination and stuff. Yeah. And yet this sides is like oh this is an iphone this is an, like an exactly iPhone. an iphone yeah. <laughs> yeah i bet a lot of people feel like they literally just took an iphone guts out and put a different case on it or something you know like a clear <laughs> body it looks so much like an iphone i mean i i my i do really gotta tip my hat to the work that it would have taken to lay out the internals in a way that both was visually appealing and still does what they need it to do because uh-huh. the back is clear, right? So you could see some yeah. of the internals. That must have been pretty complicated. And also, I'm assuming they had to get custom colors of these internals made because 
who cares usually, right? Like, uh, yeah. I, I although I, in that process, almost always that you you can pick that weirdly. Like, it's actually pretty cheap to get different colored circuit PCBs. Like, even as like a DIY person, huh? Okay. Like, even Fair if enough. you're gonna order like five PCBs, it's weird. I don't know why that's like customizable, but it is because basically all PCBs are screen. They're like screen. They're already screen printed. And so right, they just change okay. a different screen. Just change the die. Yeah. I mean, you know, this yeah. product does not interest me other than the fact that, like, I look at it and I'm like, that's cool. It's like, cool but, looking. Yeah. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that somebody is, even though, it's, it, this is the problem, right? Like, I, I can only get halfway through the sentence. It's like, I appreciate that somebody's trying. But then it also just looks like an iPhone on the side. It looks like <laughs> an iPhone 8 or which, what yeah. is it? There's one that looks, it looks so similar to it. Yeah, anyways. But I like the back of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> when are we gonna stop caring about this? That's the question. Never. That's the big question. Uh, ah, yeah, you will. It will get so generic, so generic that there's no. You will stop asking these questions. It'll literally be just specs, and then eventually it won't even be specs because it won't matter. You know, like I, I don't know. I feel like it's really getting. Well, I feel like you could have said the same thing about personal computers thirty years ago, and yep. here we are still talking it's about true. personal computers. I, I think it's. <laughs> It's the case of like caring about something else more. Yeah. Right? Well, I could totally see like really like as soon as VR and headsets, like that's going to be the thing that, you know, we talk about, you know, like Possibly. I, just the form factor change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just mean yeah. specifically the phone. We're a way away from that, I think. Because we're going to get the foldable one soon. Here we come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should get a new phone. <laughs> What phones do you both have? I have a I have, coming up two year old. I'm interested. You have a twelve. You have a twelve. You have a regular I have a 12. twelve. I have a thirteen Pro, and I regret it deeply. Yeah, we have. Mm. I remember we talked about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen to see if you both want to uh, upgrade to the hole punch pill iPhone fourteen. Well, I'm just gonna do because I I have, oh, I'm gonna own this phone, and so it feels like. I'm, it's like I, timing, but maybe I'll just hold on to it. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I kind of want to get it just to see if it fixes my like back swiping issue, my vexing uh, problem that was <laughs> discussed previously. Uh, but I don't. I've been I've been really wanting to get off a like upgrade every year cycle. Like that does not feel good or justified right. anymore. And I more or less have been more on a two year cycle. But uh, I guess we'll see. But they, I might just skip this one, you know, just let it ride, you know. Yeah, seems like the Mike Hurley thing to do. (laughs) That's right. I mean, it feels like you have so much. Dan and I used to upgrade every year, but it really, really made sense because we had apps and we had like, you know, Apple accessories. But now it's just, but for you, I mean, it's like part of your whole, you can't. Yes, exactly. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's one of those things where like, you know, people say like why do you always get the new product right you're always getting new product. my job like, well, because it, because these app these shows if i didn't have them you would say why aren't you talking about the new thing <laughs> yeah. you, you want to hear us talk about, if we're still talking about the iphone 11 like i'm just not i'm just not confident that that, that like we've hit the, the peak of connected at that point you know <laughs> exactly exactly oh man is there a rumored orange brass phone? Oh, I haven't uh, heard that. 
I think an orangey collar, I think, was was Whoa, rumored at one point. That would be pretty I guess cool. they I guess they've done that before on the on the non pro ones, like the coral. Yeah, this is pro coral looking. It's like the back is coral and then the band is like more brassy orange. But obviously these are renders, so who knows? There was also like, a rumor of a of a pro phone where the color kind of changed a little bit based on the light. I don't know. Mm. They're not the color that. stuff is always there's always rumors of colors that don't that yeah. don't pan out. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. cool though. Oh, an orangey, brassy like, metal. Was a Another like a third of a, metal color. A brown iPhone for a while that like kept, kept <laughs> resurfacing, and that never happened. No dice, guys. No dice. What's the, that's like the Zune color, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think any metal color works you know like a shiny especially on the pros with the polished shiny edge like any metal color will work it feels natural you know Mm -hmm. like a rose gold or a brassy or a gold or you know those all feel right shiny shiny still love Mm -hmm. the gold i love the gold it's such a great decision to go gold again that's what you have yep and no case baby oh man but you have an enormous pop socket on the back i presume yeah sure (laughs) i would do that if i had the case yeah well you can't really brag about not having a case if you have a huge pop socket on. It's not okay. Yeah, he's, he lives dangerously. Yeah. He, he's like uh, he's like riding a motorcycle. I dropped my he's, phone he's and tough. everything. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm cases. I've actually been going cases for a, for a long time for like probably six months. You should try it, Dan. It's so liberating. Oh, I've, right. I I take my phone out of its case whenever I go for a run, and I have two simultaneous thoughts. It's, dang, this feels really nice, and dang, this feels so slippery. <laughs> get a pop I actually socket. don't get slippies. I don't <laughs> get slippies. <laughs> well, well, Tom, yours has a glossy back, which yes. I think helps mm, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, man, the... So, yeah, the uh, the iPhone 10 was so nice, like gl- <laughs> polished metal sides, glossy glass back. I'm I'm bummed they went away from that combination. And just and, two lenses, right? It's just got like a little pill in the back. Yeah, it had the two, which is I mean I'm fine with there being more lenses or whatever, but like the always pairing glossy sides with matte back, or or vice versa, is like glossy both is you at least have a prayer of having it naked and feeling pretty, you know, okay about it. Yeah. I feel pretty well, okay about it. Oh, well, well again, got that pop, <laughs> off that pop socket, it's a, bro. It's an apparatus. <laughs> it's like, he's like, guys, I feel pretty confident as he's like walking up with his life preserver on. I'm a really good swimmer, guys. I feel really confident. It's like, yeah, dude, you have like a prosthetic yeah, I'm very device. confident, but I never sink. <laughs> you have a prosthetic device attached to your phone to hold so? it. It comes off. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think you're the person to talk about like feeling, you know, hey, confident. I about said your phone I, grip. I don't have a case on my phone. That's what I, I. That was the end of it. I never said I didn't have any kind of like helper. It's just there's okay. just no case on it. So like most of the time when I'm holding my phone, it's just nice. I, the pop socket is just like a little ledge. It just rests my. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I get it. You know, it's nice and comfy. I, I just learned to swim, Mike. You know, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hey 
thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm/tc/82.